Uh, I'll tell you one man who finished well, Howard Wynn. This brother was faithful to the end, and uh, our missionary there for decades, really, um, I was blessed to inherit him when I came to Beacon Baptist in 1987, and um, this brother served the Lord, and one of the young men, 15-year-old boy who got saved uh, in that ministry over there is the young man who's going to be preaching a little bit later. And uh, the Basilians got saved there and then went out from there after serving with Brother Howard and going to the Bible College and so forth as missionaries and have been faithful missionaries, as you'll see in a few moments. So I hope you'll open your heart to all that God has for you tonight. Um, he has a, a video presentation first, and then he will bring the Word of God as well. Good evening. I want to thank uh, Pastor Blalek and Beacon Baptist Church, all of you members of this church, we thank you for uh, wonderful accommodation. Uh, we thank you for giving us this opportunity to uh, share with you about the ministry that the Lord has given us there in Taiwan. Uh, as pastors mentioned already, uh, my wife and I were just a few, were just two of the many, many fruits that the Lord has given my pastor, Pastor Howard Wynn. Uh, he came when I was just uh, 10 years old. Uh, and it was through his ministry, his preaching, that the Lord uh, opened my heart to my spiritual need of Christ. Uh, I thank the Lord for his life, his testimony, his uh, his legacy that he left us, his faith. And uh, I also praise God for his heart for missions. Uh, a few of you have been to our church there in the Philippines. Uh, I know that church because I, I came from that place. Our, 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 our church did not have much, still don't have much of people. But I believe that our church, humanly speaking, has become one of the uh, uh, churches in the Philippines that, that are uh, really very mission-minded. Uh, Pastor Wynn's vision was, you know, not only to uh, reach people with the gospel, but his vision was to make the church a a sending missionary church and not just you know uh, to reach the island or the Philippines but to reach the world uh, I thank God for his vision for that uh, uh, he established uh, a Christian school I was one of the first students uh, many churches here in America sent us used pages uh, to, to start. Well, we've always used used pages. <laughs> we could not afford, I guess, so we used the used pages. Uh, and, but, you know, what was important was the Lord used those, you know, the Christian education to, to really uh, help us to, to have a real good foundation uh, in our Christian life. 
so I thank the Lord for, for what he did through Pastor Wynn and Mrs. Wynn. And I thank you, church, for your part in their life and in their ministry. Because humanly speaking, they would, uh, they would not have made it there if church like you did not pray for them and did not financially support them. And so uh, I thank the Lord for you. And uh, uh, he, Pastor Winnell loved to talk about this church and how much this church loved missions. Well, tonight I wanna speak this evening about uh, called to be witnesses uh, based on the text that we have read tonight. Uh, I, I like this uh, passage here and it tells about what Paul uh, had been doing for many years in his life since he got converted. And oftentimes he used this opportunity whenever he was called upon, whenever he was questioned, to, to give his testimony of how the Lord was gracious to him. So he took advantage of this and he just simply testified to those people about the grace of God. Uh, you look at this uh, passage in Acts chapter 26, he says, whereupon all King Agrippa, in other words, based on the, what Christ did for him on the way to Damascus, he says, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul recognized that the day he got saved, the day that the Lord uh, came upon him and, 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 you know, literally blinded him with a glorious light. But he now calls it that experience as, you know, that light was God's vision, heavenly vision that the Lord gave him. Sometimes we need to be, we need to be blinded in such a way so that we could see things that we don't normally see. Uh, uh, and, and so Paul recognized that that was a heavenly vision, that that was from the Lord. Now, I believe that Paul's conversion is a picture of our own conversion, of our own salvation. You know, not only Paul was telling Agrippa how the Lord granted him salvation, but he was telling Agrippa that the Lord at the same time gave him a vision. That conversion, that salvation comes with a vision. And that vision is the Great Commission. He was saying that vision, that calling, that commission, that mandate, that command that God gave him to go into all the world to preach the gospel. He says that came from God. That, that was, that was a, a, a vision that originated from the Lord. And Paul says, I was not disobedient. For, for any believers to, to decide, I'm not going to be a witness for the Lord. I'm not going to share the gospel to anybody. You know, that's the work of the preacher or the pastors or, or, the, or the Sunday school teachers. I, I believe it's, 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 uh, uh, it's disobeying the Lord. Because God has given us a great commission. I just want to share five thoughts from this passage. And, and I see how Paul is, is, is showing us how to be 
an effective witness for the Lord. And that's exactly what God wants us to simply be, be a, a, a witness for him. Number one, I noticed in this passage that for Paul to, to be uh, an effective witness for the Lord, he first of all secured the help of God. Notice what he said there in verse number 22. He said, having therefore obtained help of God. That was the very first thing that he said here to King Agrippa. He said, the only reason that I have been doing this for the past 20 years. It's been 20 years since Paul got converted on that way to Damascus. He said, the only reason I'm still doing this and I plan on doing this until I die is because of the help of God. You know, we need that help of God. And, and whether, it, whether the work that we do for the Lord is small or great, we need the help of God. Before we pass our tracts, we need, to, we need to look up to God and say, Lord, bless these gospel tracts. Lord, lead me, lead me to some people who, would, who you would open their hearts and, and so that they can receive the word, the message. Let us never be complacent. Let us never be dependent on ourselves, on our abilities, but trusting in, what, in, in the power of God. The Bible says, the Lord says, it's not by my my, not by might nor by power, but by spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Jesus said to the disciples, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the, world, of the earth. We have the power of God, the spirit of God in us. We just need to make sure that when, when, when we do the things of God, when we do the work of the Lord, we depend on Him. And we draw our strength from Him. Paul says to the church of Corinth, he said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. A, an effective witness for the Lord is one who secures the help of God. Secondly, a witness for the Lord stays the course in spite of difficulties. He is one who stays the course in spite of difficulties. Paul says, having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue unto this day. I like those words, I continue. I continue. And you know that word continue simply means doing the same thing over and over and over again. For us believers, there's no retirement per se. We keep, we keep serving the Lord. We keep doing his commandments for us. As a church, the Great Commission as a church preaching and teaching the people the whole counsel of God. The, the Apostle Paul, he said these words, I continue to stay. He speaks of the grace of continuance, stickability. He had the grace and grit in spite of tremendous trials, persecutions, oppositions, 
setbacks and threatenings. In fact, if you look at verse number 21, he says, For this causes the Jews caught me in the temple and, and went about to kill me. Paul had faced a lot of difficulties. Look at verse number 24. And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning that make thee mad. He was saying, Paul, you're crazy. What you're doing is, is, is foolishness. Paul mentioned that. He says, many people think of the preaching of the gospel as foolishness. Paul, you're crazy. Are you willing to, are you willing to, to, to give up your freedom? Are you willing to, to, give up your, to lay down your life for, for that kind of message? You're mad. You're crazy. You know, there will be a price to pay when you commit yourself to following the Lord and His will for your life. There will always be a price to pay. The price that we, we may have to pay or, or, or the pain that we may have to experience differ for all of us. But there's going to be a price to pay. When God called me into the gospel ministry many years ago. You see, my mother was Chinese. And I only realized this when I when I went to Taiwan and been living there for 20 years, how Chinese mentality, how their mind works and what they think, totally the same as my mom. But mothers in, in, in Taiwan, they're, they think they're, they're responsible for the future of their children. They decide for their children. They plan for the children. The husband's job is to make money. I remember that summer when God called me to, into the gospel ministry. I was so excited. I was so glad. I couldn't wait to get home and tell my mom, my parents. They wanted me to be a doctor. They, wanted, they, they already said, Everything for me to go to Manila to be to study medicine. I really didn't care. I mean, it was all right, you know. But when God called me into the gospel ministry, to me it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, other than being saved. Knowing what exactly I needed to do or I needed to be, I went home and told my parents. I said, look what God did during the youth camp this week. God called me to be a preacher. You know, my mother looked at me like, like I was gone crazy. She said, you're not going to Bible college. You're going to Manila and do exactly what I tell you. I said, but God, he, he, I, I know for sure he, he wants me to be a preacher. 
My mom said, okay, if you're, if you're, going, to, if you're going to disobey me and do whatever you want to do, you leave this house right now and never, ever come back. I was shocked, to say the least, because I didn't know. I was not expecting that. And my mom was a believer. He was actually, she was actually a soul winner. But she was okay with anyone else going to the ministry except her children. I left the house, just my clothes on my back. I, I felt so weak. I didn't know what I'd do. I knew I had to see Pastor win. So I walked to the church talked to the pastor, and he said, well, if you're willing to follow the Lord's will in your life, I want to assure you, God will take care of you. There's actually a verse in the book of Psalms where it says, when my mother and father, or when my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I read that verse, I said, Lord, that's exactly what I need. Because <laughs> I had been forsaken despise. People thought I'd gone crazy. For many years, I could never visit our home. I did one time, tried to visit, thinking my mom wasn't there. But she was there. She came out of her room and she saw me and right away she was mad and angry. She says, what are you doing here in my house? Did I tell you not to ever come back? Are you here to, to, to eat my food? Now that part was the, I was hurt because I wasn't there for her food. I, I just left the house. But all of that was nothing compared to, of course, what Christ did for me. All of that was nothing when I look at Paul and what he went through in his ministry. In Taiwan, when someone becomes a believer, he or she pays the ultimate price of being ostracized by his family. Usually, it's when they get baptized. They don't care if you say, oh, you know, I, I believe in Christ. Parents, Taiwanese, they say, well, you know, you can say whatever you like. But when they say, I want to get baptized, now that's different. Because to them, baptism seals that commitment to Christianity. And many Taiwanese, like those guys on my video, it took many a long, long time before they submitted to baptism. And when they surrender, decide they want to surrender all their gods, including their ancestors, now that is the ultimate price 
for they are usually considered to be dead by their family members. You know, when they, when, when, we, when I went to that house and, and, and uh, the lady, before she, she got baptized, uh, she said, Pastor, you can come to my house and you can destroy my altar and my images. That was something. You and I, we, it's hard for us to understand the, the price that, that, that goes with that, 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 what it means to them. Because it's not just a religion like, you know, Catholic, you, you, you become a, a Christian or a Baptist, you know, and it's, it's not like that. To, to them, religion, their religion is so, so intertwined, it's so connected to, 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 to their personal uh, family. Because they worship their ancestors. They believe that when they pass on into the next life, they become gods. They become, they become powerful. And so they, they go to their altars and, and to their ancestors and they pray to them. And, and they worship them out of fear. Out of, uh, out of you know. Uh, because if... When they were alive, they put so much pressure on them. They imagine now they have become gods. Imagine if I disobey them, what, what, what they can do to me. For 20 years as missionaries in Taiwan, we have witnessed believers some were young people who, who wanted to serve the Lord, but they could not. They, they just couldn't you know, take the pressure and the, and the persecution from family and friends. But we also have witnessed people like that lady who owned that altar, making the ultimate prize of a surrendered life in order to become witnesses, in order to become witnesses for Christ and for his saving grace. But all the challenges that we may face or, the, or crosses that we, can, we carry, they're all designed by our God to mold us and to make us the servants and ministers that he wants us to be. That's all. To make you the person that he can use. And so when I witness these things happening in Taiwan with new believers. I realized that all of those things that happened in my life had a good purpose. I didn't see it at that time. But now I could not only sympathize with them, I could empathize with them. I, could, I, I feel what they feel. You see how important that is. In order for us to be made effective ministers for the Lord's, for his work's sake, for the gospel's sake, sometimes God allows us to go through those trials. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And, and what, was, what was the, you know, the... the the proof of that ministry of Paul, he says in labors, more abundant. In stripes above measure. 
in prisons more frequent in deaths often of the Jews five times received by forty stripes save one thrice was I beaten with rods once was I stoned thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day I have been in the deep in journeys often in, in perils of waters in perils of robbers in perils by my own countrymen in perils by the heathen in perils or dangers in the city in perils in the wilderness in perils in the sea in perils among false brethren in weariness and painfulness in watchings often in hunger and thirst and fastings of it in cold and nakedness and so on and so forth. He says, if I were not called by God into the gospel ministry, you think I would endure those kind of things. I'm not a fool, Paul was saying. The trials, the sufferings I experienced, those are proof of God's calling in my life. And the ministry that he has given me. And I read this. It just gives me so much comfort and encouragement. And so whatever happened to me in the past. By the way, just before we, we left uh, the Philippines to go to Taiwan. I asked my mom. She was very ill. And I said, Mom, why all these years you did not. I look like going hungry. <laughs> Let us not be weary in well-doing. For Paul says, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I got one minute. Let me just give you the points. An effective witness is one who secures the help of God. He is the one who stays in the course in spite of difficulties. Number three, he seeks all kinds of people everywhere. He says, witnessing both to small and great. Number four, he is one who seeks all kinds. Uh, he speaks, number four, he speaks out what he knows. He speaks out what he knows. He says, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying, saying. You see, that's what witnessing is. You simply speak out. You, if you can speak, if you can talk, use your mouth. Tell somebody about what, what the, the Lord has done for you. That's what Jesus said to this man who was, who he, uh, you know, who was possessed with demons. And he says, you know, he wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus said to him, go home to thy friends and tell them. That's what a witness is. Tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had compassion on thee. The number five, the last, a, an effective witness like Paul is one who stands firm to the gospel, to the message of the gospel. He says, he says saying none other things than those with the prophets of Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead. And that is the gospel. What is the gospel? Paul says the gospel is that message that Jesus Christ died for our sins. That he was buried and that he rose again 
from the dead. That is the gospel that will save the lost. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. I have seen that Taiwan people very hard, humanly speaking, to reach because they're, they're wealthy people and, and they feel like it's their gods that made them wealthy. To bring the gospel to them, to, to show them this book is God's word. They say, what do you mean God's word? But God has given us ways, methods to bring them to the gospel truth. At the end of this month, we head back to the field where the Lord has called us to preach the gospel for the last 20 years. We don't know what will happen in that country in the next month or years. We just know that there are still many souls there that need to hear the gospel. And God has given us peace, wonderful peace to go back there in spite of imminent threat of invasion from China. We do need prayers from God's people everywhere. We also need their financial support so we can continue to do the Lord's work there. Well, thank you so much. I pray that this message was a blessing to you. Like Paul, we can say, by the help of God, I continue unto this day. Stand together, shall we? God's people said, amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to have a time of invitation. My heart is full tonight, truly. When I saw the fruit on that video of those souls in Taiwan who have come to Christ, and then, of course, the fruit that God used that is before us tonight, this young man, and then, of course, knowing the missionary who went to the Philippines to start with, Brother Howard, I think he was a an electrician, I believe, or a draftsman or something. He got saved, heard the gospel here in the States. Someone gave him the gospel. I mean, that's how God's kingdom works. It just, it's a blessing, and my heart is full with this and convicted. And I hope yours is as well. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Pastor Blalock, I'm saved, but I needed this message tonight as a Christian. God is speaking to my heart about something. Who would say that? Would you lift your hands through the building? And amen to that. I continue. I continue. That spoke to my heart. Father in heaven, bless now the invitation. If there's someone here who's not saved, may they come to Christ. But may all of us recognize the power of the gospel. We've seen it tonight. We've seen your faithfulness and blessing the word of God that goes out and bringing souls. So may we continue, continue. Till you call us home or till Jesus comes. Bless these who have asked for prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.